Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, nothing else matters. <laughs> okay. Oh, you don't know the reference I was going with there? The Metallica, Metallica? song? Yeah, yeah, I know Metallica. But Which like, is the song that's used at the beginning. That's, oh, multiple James, times. Yeah, like, James yeah, yeah. Howard score for yeah. Jungle Cruise. Um, what I kept thinking, yeah, yeah, that's a good point because I thought of that, Eric. And I was like, that can't be that song. It is. Because uh, didn't they also, I just recently watched The Leftovers. And yep. uh, didn't they also use it in that as well? Like yeah, a, and then they like used a um, orchestral not version song, of it. But, um, uh, for whom the bells toll in Zombieland two, I believe, and then they used another song for the first Zombieland. So Metallica sure. is becoming uh, orchestral, uh, and it's also <sighs> just weird to think like like James Newton Howard and what a Metallica weird choice because I thought Disney that movie and I was like, together at last, like that's confirmed that that's that is what he was because it sounded like yeah, it, but I was like at the in the end credits, oh, it it's says credited, James yeah. Newton Howard and Metallica. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Okay, because I, I I thought that throughout the whole movie. Anyways, yeah, today we are uh, reviewing uh, uh, Wom, Jom, Jom Colette, Jom Colette Sarah's uh, Jungle Cruise, uh, not starring you know, Liam Neeson. Alex Reno gave me praise for not mispronouncing that many names on our last Tiff talk, and I immediately fuck up Colette Sarah's name, especially for uh, a guy who's been you know doing it since like. When I mean doing it, directing movies since 2005, Sarah, yeah. you know, with like House of Wax. You Our know? finest vulgar auteur. We'll yes. get into that. Um, starring Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Jack Whitehall, Jesse Plemons, Paul Giamatti, uh, and and many, many more. Uh, it will be released on July the 30th, this Friday, on Disney Premier Access and in Cinemas um for on premiere access you can rent it for 35 dollars here in canada or 30 in the united states or you can go to your local cinema and see it if they are open and you feel comfortable doing so eric uh you lost me at the beginning with the nothing else matters but it immediately clicked when you said it because i was like that is the song i was thinking and of while that's I was listening the, to this that's score. okay so when that that's what score, 200 million dollars gets you baby exactly but when that score starts to kind of kick in i was thinking to myself Okay, this is this is what I would expect a Jean Colette Sarah, you know, adaptation of a big Disney uh, property based on uh, a ride would be, you know, like they would sure. have some sort of, um, you know, weird subversive quality even within the score. Um, but as the film, nothing says 1916 like Metallica, <laughs> exactly, or Conquistadors for that matter, um, yeah. but. Going into the film, and, and I think this is going to be an interesting discussion to have. Um, you essentially, I, I don't think we're as far off as you think because, like, I, I, anyways, keep going. Yeah, no, no, what I was going to say, I mean, the premise is 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 pretty simplistic in, in terms of you know, if you've seen Indiana Jones or The African Queen or you know, any number of action adventure movies, including the Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, films, of course, which it Mo- is the to, mummy, the mummy, which it's trying to model itself after quite a bit, you have. You know, two charismatic on-screen leads in Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt teaming up in this sort of action-adventure scenario where uh, Blunt's character uh, is essentially Lily is sort of fighting a patriarchal society uh, in which she's trying to make a name for herself 
uh, and anthropology and archaeology um, and defined this sort of MacGuffin of the film, which is a uh, pedal. And this pedal has the property to heal uh, multiple uh, illnesses and diseases. It's almost like a cure-all kind of thing. Um, and in order, the tree of life, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And in order to obtain uh, these petals, she needs proof, and she has or can prove it through uh, a previous expedition in Brazil, which the discovery of this arrowhead was found. Uh, but she gets nowhere fast, even with her brother, um, who basically is. The, you know, we're talking about Metallica, you know, she's the master of puppets and he is the puppet in this case, the brother. Um, and so we have this story of her trying to break the glass ceiling um, and forge on this expedition with, you know, the money and resources that she has, which is quite substantial because her father was also an explorer. And that's kind of where she gets this from that excitement. Um, and she hires Dwayne Johnson's uh, skipper, Frank, which I kept laughing at every time. They, they, <laughs> Captain Frank. Captain Frank um, to lead the expedition because he knows uh, the the river like the back of his hand. But we also come to learn that Frank is a little bit of a, a scallywag in his own right. Uh, he's um, constantly manipulating the situation and sort of, you know, trying to get the better hand. And he's got money problems and owes quite a little a bit, bit of, of a con artist. Yeah. Owes a little bit of money to uh, Paul Giamatti's Paul Giamatti. entrepreneur who, you know, Nilo. as much as I love Paul Giamatti and, you know, he is a character actor, this role gives him nothing really to, to do. Yeah. And the real adversary of the film uh, is Jesse Plemons's Prince Joachim, or is it Joachim or Joachim or many other pronunciations. And he's doing his whole sort of uh, Austrian prince kind of thing with a uh, submarine, which kind of figures into the whole film. <laughs> and and it ridiculous. just sounds ridiculous and more convoluted. Uh, yeah, There's yeah. stuff with Conquistadors, which is led by um, Edgar Ramirez, who basically is playing a Gary uh, Wrath of God, which is a reference to Werner Herzog's film. Um, and sort of that storyline as well, which you know, is, is sort of setting up the curse, uh, that comes fantastical along. elements of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And that's where also a lot of people will begin to associate, uh, the pirates movies. So, mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest problem for this, with this movie, in my, in my opinion, is that you have a CGI laden film yeah. that looks really heavily CGI yeah. sort of it's augmented. Like it's not just, okay, we'll enhance, a character or you know proxima is is sort of the the trusty sidekick of dwayne johnson and it's a uh spotted uh leopard and it's like okay i get doesn't why. look great <laughs> it doesn't but but even worse than that are some of the backdrops in certain oh, totally, scenes yeah and you can also understand why um you know there were multiple reshoots on on this film um to sort of cohesively put it together and it's inconsistent at times. I don't know if you felt this, but like all the characters feel like they're both the heroes and their own comedic foil where tonally they don't feel representative of what the archetype is where they're trying to be like, okay, you know, um, Blunt and Johnson are both sort of your classic sort of um, arch uh, protagonist hero types, but they're also kind of like the goofy sidekick rolled into one, you know, they have their ups and downs. Um, and I don't think that really works uh, as well. Yeah, they don't give them one defined 
thing or the other. They're like you said, they're both the leads in the movie, and they're trying to do both of those things. Yeah, it's a juggling I've, act. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I agree with you that there's some dodgy CGI throughout the whole thing, but ultimately, I, I kind of just. This is a huge, you know, six to seven out of 10 movie in, in my eyes. It's just like uh, something that I had fun with at, while watching. I think uh, Jesse Plemons is, you know, should be in everything. And I mean, that was known before this movie, but just he is having a blast. I like the chemistry between DJ and Blunt. Um, DJ Blunt should be their <laughs> DJ name. Um, I, I like their chemistry. Um, I felt the rock a little bit at times, um, felt weirdly out of place in the movie, uh, being this gigantic muscular dude. And he never like, why he's a skipper a super, costume. It almost yeah, feels like who, a Halloween thing. Yes. Him. And like he, I love the rock and I think he's super charismatic. I think he's a movie star, but in this, him delivering like the one liners or him being this skipper, that's kind of like, you know, a con artist and, and trying to sleuth his way around. Like I never felt the kind of, I don't know, whimsical kind of thing that they were supposed to, I think, get from that character. And he just felt weirdly out of place. It's like your dad cosplaying a little bit the yeah puns. <laughs> like i'm like no guy in 1916 like i get they make jokes about his muscles and stuff like that and and there's and some of the reveals with his character especially in the last act i, I just felt clunky and 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 forced and just like uh, again trying to include some of those more fantastical elements that i just don't necessarily think you needed or uh completely worked um but overall, like, again, then I go, OK, this is a family movie for kids. Like it is invoking a lot of those movies that you referenced at the beginning, whether obviously Pirates of the Caribbean being another Disney theme park ride adapted into a fantasy family adventure movie. Um, but then, yeah, brought up things like, you know, we, I made the complaint in our review for Snake Eyes that that movie felt like a movie from the early 2000s and i feel like jungle cruise also feels like a movie from that like that time period but i weirdly mean it as a sort of a positive in this way than i did a negative with snake eyes like to me and obviously it's going even further back you're referencing you know old, even older movies than that um but i just ultimately had fun with it like it's silly it's goofy uh yeah that some of the cgi doesn't work um but i think the chemistry between Dwayne Johnson and, and Emily Blunt like held my attention throughout the thing. I do think Paul Giamatti's wasted. I agree with you. Uh, I like James Newton Howard's score. The Metallica thing is weird. Um, but, and really I couldn't put my, like, um, like I kept going, like, I'm pretty sure this is nothing else matters. And I'm pretty sure they, I just heard this in the leftovers, like a very similar orchestral version, um, throughout it. Uh, weird choice there. Um, and then, yeah, I think the movie kind of stumbles in its last act, which I mentioned too, where, um, I feel like when they're trying to bring everything together and, you know, you have this fantastical kind of MacGuffin with the tree of life, uh, you know, flower, um, I, and I just feel like that stuff with Edgar Ramirez and then ultimately with, you know, how they try to tie everything together just feels super forced and then um, and doesn't quite work. Well, yeah, you um, have multiple writers on this as yeah. well. Like I'm looking at them now and like the two of the guys are the duo that directed Crazy Stupid Love and interesting, Focus. Interesting. And they are an interesting pair where like their films are always sort of just like off center of being sort of a big commercial hit because there's usually something um, just sort of 
almost like okay like your classic kind of genre movie whether it be sort of again a con man film with focus or um something that's just like okay like it, it has commercial aspirations with the cast but there's something about it that's just a little off. And I like that about this as well. Again, you know, going back to the use of Metallica in, you know, before the movie even begins with the, you know, the Disney logo, I was thinking to myself, okay, so we're going to get some sort of strange interjections the way that yeah. Gore Verbinski kind yeah. of entertains himself with the pirate movies, the first three pirate films and the Lone Ranger. But I don't think John Collette Sarah really has a signature here i mean yeah you could argue that well maybe he needed liam neeson to be in this role or something like that but then i wish he would have popped up somewhere i mean he could have basically (laughs) played the paul giamatti role but then it also would have been distracting because you have sort of a a recognizable actor in that role and again nothing against paul giamatti playing the part because he is a character actor so he's going to take roles that are supporting as small but yeah watching the film you're thinking to yourself okay that character is going to team up with with or Giamatti's going to team up with Jesse Plemons and it never goes and, there yeah because there's this great kind of fun like Daz boot uh U-boat sequence at the sort of in this dock um that plays out and you think okay well, okay now the submarine's basically totaled so he's gonna have to rent these boats from from Giamatti and and spend you know an excessive amount of money on it and that's where we're gonna have Giamatti kind of playing the second villain in this like you know uh Plemons is Hook and uh Giamatti is Smee so you don't even need Giamatti in this like you really don't don't. and and again like a lot of it does feel like okay some of it they they you know kind of cobbled together through reshoots where it's like okay some of these scenes worked or or played well but then these other ones that we kind of shot like this might be like that weird mandela effect thing but i swear in that first trailer that came out for jungle cruise and i was looking for it and i couldn't find it um the the society sequence that takes place in london england where you have um sort of blunt's character uh obtaining the arrowhead I almost thought that I, I could have sworn that Jesse Plemons's character was more slapstick kind of goofy in that trailer. But now he's kind of played goofy with his voice, but he's still kind of somewhat more sinister yeah. and threatening as as an individual, as a force. Like yeah, he, he straight up murders a couple dudes in the first sequence. Yeah, exactly. Because they, they, you know, his name is revealed. Um, and, and watching the movie. Yeah, like he's doing Klaus Kinski, but... Um, it almost feels like that's a movie onto itself. Like he's in a different film altogether where like, Oh, with the submarine and his goofy accent and just, yeah, it, it, it's absurd. And you could say like, it's a medley of, of different genres coming into play. And, and again, Colette Sarah kind of coming from a horror background with both house of wax and even orphan, um, and sort of playing with kind of like the, you know, we, we joked about at the beginning, the vulgar tourism and, and, kind of find kind of a seedier kind of quality within you know a family friendly venue and it just it i it never comes to be i think it just i think the weight of the cgi the reshoots i think the chemistry between the two leads is good i don't yeah. think that there's romantic chemistry no i i agree with that i, I thought um, of they're it more pushing as, yeah uh, quite a bit on on them i think they're to just, me it always felt like you know, a brother, friendship. sisterly or a friend or a friendship kind of thing. Yeah. I never got romance stuff either. That's how I, I liked that chemistry. But when you push the romantic side of things again, I don't quite think it works. And yeah, I just weirdly think that 
I again I love the rock but I just feel like he's sort of miscast in this or he should have played maybe a different role or something like that whether it was the Edgar Ramirez role and I get that he's a movie star you want to slap him on the 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 poster and make him the lead of the movie but I just feel like he just like I like the nods to the ride and everything at the beginning with all the the dad puns and stuff like that's that. that's the like, best stuff I like, think in the film where like it which almost, is it, it is, just works like on that on and that that's basis. quintessentially the jungle cruise ride right that beginning sequence with the rock doing his skipper thing with the uh, you know the hippo popping out that's all ripped right have you been on jungle cruise no before? i haven't no yeah that's all exactly what the jungle cruise ride is right like it's almost it's just puns a, a goofy skipper and a, and a bunch of animatronic animals that look kind of goofy right so they kind of poke fun at that in the opening of this movie and i thought that was a lot of fun and then you're kind of reaching for the rest of it of having nothing to do with the ride and you can kind of see you know behind the scenes going oh we want to update the jungle cruise ride so let's put some elements in this movie that we can maybe put into the ride in the future if this movie is successful and that's where you kind of see the the disney you know ness of everything having you know having a theme park and a movie and and it all being kind of one thing well you're specifically talking about some of the more um dated aspects of of the ride where there sure it's been been around forever yeah yeah there has been conversations where like you know disney's erasing um you know certain things because there are offensive stereotypical kind of characters they're doing that with the uh log ride they're doing they're redoing it as princess of the frog i mean then you have some of those stereotypes in the movie but they try to like kind of you know utilize those in in you know, I, I I don't think they get away from them, but the movie does take place in in 1916. Yeah. So I mean, like, uh, but I mean more so like in the when you get away from that opening sequence and see the rest of it. Yeah, I can see them taking you know some of the visual elements, even though that and that's when I ironically the movie doesn't look great, but it looks like a theme park ride to me, right? right? Like if I go to a ride, I'm expecting you know the CG and the in the video sequence. I'm seeing to be pretty good, but not movie quality. So then weirdly, this movie kind of reminded me of a theme park ride, which I guess makes sense watching it, you know, with the, the tree and the colors and everything. Like I'm envisioning like them redoing, if this movie is successful, them redoing the jungle cruise ride to match the movie, which they did with pirates of the Caribbean. And and there's no doubt that they would do with this. So some of that I can see is, is frustrating when you're just trying to, you know, watch a movie and you can kind of see them building, you know, for the future of hopefully a theme park ride and different things like that. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Eric, with all that stuff. But then I go back and I go, okay, our kids going to enjoy this. Our family's going to enjoy it. And um, I think they will. I feel like but that what stuff age group mean... as well. We have to consider that for, yeah. for, for families because I'd say like the film... eight to 12, maybe. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I mean, there are, I guess, you know, the conquistadors at times do look scary, which I actually kind of like jump the, scare with the snake. Yeah. I actually do me. like the design of, of the rotting body and, and, and things like that. And but the I, different monsters at the end or what human. Yeah. Slash but I was monsters. also thinking that maybe younger kids and maybe even a little bit older might be kind of bored because I think part of the problem or where my disconnect was, is that it is a very long movie for what it is. And I know yeah, a lot of people that hours. I know the criticism for the pirate sequels was that as well, where they seem to get longer with as, each yeah. installment. And, you know, at two hours and nine minutes here, like you're watching the film and there are moments where it's like, okay, 
you know, the dodgy CGI doesn't really work here. That's distracting me from what's going on in the scene. Okay. The, again, my counter argument there, kids aren't going to care about. That. Right, 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 right. But I'm just, I'm looking or at families. this now as a 33, sure. 32, I'm trying 33 to year old man. Families, yeah. Um, you know, uh, the, the sort of referencing, of, I'm not saying that's an excuse either. Sorry. No, no, I get, I get what yeah. you're saying. And I understand that. And you have to look at it as well from the point of view of our kids going, like who it, is this going, for? And they're going to like, you know, Proxima and they're going to like sort of the slapstick nature of the, you know, action set, the German accent, like that stuff. Oh, it's so goofy and over the top. But then I wonder about like, you know, how much of that are they going to like? Because it is very repetitive after a while as well. And, you know, as colorful as the movie is and as vibrant as it is, it's very hollow because it again is all artificial and, and, you know, like you kind of seem to just kind of, me it meanders as you're watching yeah. and you're kind of taken out of it and i kind of just felt numb to it and then even the stuff with you know jack whitehall is is, is the actor's name yeah. am i correct where you know his, his coming out his and stuff coming like out that. Yeah. like it's better than some of the last few disney movies to kind of tackle the subject matter and sort of having a gay character mm-hmm. in a more than you know uh extra or cameo role or hinted at uh, but it still kind of feels like the script and the storytelling is sort of putting on kid gloves with that. I agree completely. Like that scene feels weirdly like again. And then I don't like how they kind of poke fun at that character the whole movie either. So then I feel like it's kind of backhanded when you get to that moment where he does have this moment with the rock, but then they're kind of throughout the movie making fun of him because he wants to bring all this luggage and he always wants to dress nice and all of these different things. But he still has a good punch. Like that's them like almost like compensating for, uh, you know, that, that kind of, and then you have feminism, masculine quality. And and so then you get to this scene with, with the rock and the movie obviously takes place in a time where, I mean, even now, uh, people struggle with coming out and, and being themselves and things like that. But in a movie that takes place in 1916, like it's a good moment, but it just, I feel like is, yeah, still not really, it feels like weirdly shoehorned in and like, I, it's great for representation and things like that. But then I feel like that character is kind of a punching bag for a big part of the movie. And then you have this moment and he gets his moment in the, you know, the final act and stuff like that. But um, I just, I don't think that completely works either. Um, obviously what's the second openly gay Disney character after LeFou and Beauty and the Beast, right? Like in their live action stuff. And the LeFou thing is just, it wasn't even referenced in the movie. I don't even remember. Um, yeah. And then before and, that, the Russo brother. And, and it's totally, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're talking Marvel or, or Star Wars and things like that, but I'm talking just specifically Disney, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that stuff's handled super great either. And don't get me wrong. I don't think this is a magnificent movie, but for me in a time right now um, where I, I do think it really stumbles in that last act, but I did ultimately have fun with it. And I do think families will ultimately have fun with it. Like, the Pirates movies, which I don't even love the Pirates movies either. Um, but again, I agree with you. Gore Verbinski brings something to that. And I always like him doing something a little bit weird or different um, that you wouldn't kind of expect in a, you know, big budget kind of Hollywood movie and things like that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I think it's pretty middle of the road, but I still ultimately enjoy middle it. of the and river I, in this case. Aha. And I uh, ultimately like, again, I like the cast. I think Jesse Plemons, I, I just think, you know, letting him go <laughs> full camp in this, yeah, I think is a full lot of Klaus fun. Kinski. He's yeah. just literally doing Klaus Kinski. Yeah. Um, 
which again is also just funny because you know a gary who's played by uh edgar ramirez it, mm-hmm. uh is you know the klaus kinski played okay. Agiri in agiri wrath of god which there is being go. so it's a very direct reference which that, again i feel almost i don't want to give complete credit that to no John one will Clet get sarah <laughs> because it might yeah. be the the duo from the screenwriters yeah the yeah. screenwriters who kind of did that but that's where like you know the the film nerds and and film twitter yeah. will kind of get maybe a we'll, bit of a kick yeah. out of that yeah 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 and then yeah uh emily blunt i i really love and everything and then um like i oh, said that's the other um, thing as well like the the constant joke of you know her wearing the pants in the family yeah. or the trouser joke it's like some of the 1916 humor eric women yeah. couldn't wear pants back then um and then you get that bit at the end where they all laugh about um you know which i thought was a, a funny bit of like when they reference uh what was the joke at the end um, about a woman, uh, something, and then all the men, those stupid white men all laugh in the in the hall. Um, so I don't know. I, I dug the humor in the movie. I like those dad jokes. Um, I thought like there's a lot of good Easter eggs for people who are a fan of the ride. But then you also see the kind of doings of we're trying to make a theme park ride here out of a theme park movie. So um i i ultimately liked it um i don't have much more to say uh i'm gonna give it you know a three out of five i'm gonna give it a two and a half out of five and also i I do find it kind of interesting that both a quiet place part two and this um have you know blunt plays a character who can't swim and the alien invaders can't swim yeah just interesting food for thought there so something about Emily Blunt and swimming. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, like we mentioned, you guys can watch uh, Jungle Cruise either at home on Disney Premier Access on Disney Plus or in a cinema if you feel comfortable. Um, but maybe if you have a family, like I said, good family movie, you know, $35 ain't that bad to just kind of, you know, uh, your whole family watching it at home. So it'll be interesting to see what Disney does after this. Cause we, we believe that this will probably be the end of premier access, at least for now. Like that's the rumor, right? That yeah. They are it seems going pretty much to, confirmed with what yeah. we'll be watching next. Yeah. Um, and reviewing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it seemed to work for them. Um, but, but also the like exhibitors, you to, yeah. you know, that relationship has been obviously strained a little bit. So, you know, if you can go back to the, the, the old format and if it works, I mean, you know, it, it, yeah. it would be theatrical nice windows see, are changing, but I mean, something like Shang-Chi like, in, in the theater, you know? Oh, great. Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, we've talked, uh, you know, thoroughly about our return to cinemas, which you guys can go check out on the entitled movie podcast now back in a weekly format. So you will get a new episode each week, our 95th and 96th draft more tiff talk right now. More tiff talk. We'll have more tiff talk next week as we're leading into the festivals. So yeah, I mean, I, again, we watched jungle cruise through a screener at home. Um, I'm, I think I'd even have more fun in a theater. So um, I'm excited to get back to it. And it, it seems like the experiment, was successful for premiere access depending on the film obviously black widow was super successful to them but it it seems like you know what they're going back to an exclusive theatrical window uh how long that will be i think that's undetermined at the moment we're we're seeing different times for different studios and things like that so um it'll be interesting to see what disney ultimately nets out at um if you guys like this, we have other reviews we would love for you guys to check out. Um, 
we just posted our review of the green knight uh completely different fantasy film but um <laughs> uh you guys can check out that review uh we just posted our review of matt damon and stillwater um zola uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Georgians, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Old. Uh, we did a preview of Dune in IMAX. There's an Escape Room Tournament of Champions review, F9, which is um, uh, out on VOD starting on the same day as Jungle Cruise. Uh, so Ooh, you guys can now Vin watch Diesel that. And, uh, and The Rock, Rock head to head. Uh, and uh, speaking of Emily Blunt, A Quiet Place Part 2, we just recently reviewed as well. So go check those out. Uh, Untitled Movie Conversations for all our interviews. Head over to Letterboxd at Untitled Podcasts if you guys want to um, follow us over there. We post all of our rankings, all of our reviews, all of our uh, ratings, our personal profiles, our updates, our schedules, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so go head over to Letterboxd at, at Untitled Podcast, Untitled underscore cast on all those other social medias. And as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchant. You can find more of my video reviews at RogersTV.com slash CinemaScene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. And nothing else matters. <laughs> Weird choice, yeah. Bye.